0: Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. And Welcome back to Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host Liz Peterson and today I'm pleased to have Narni Stevens joining me all the way from New Zealand to discuss bringing spirit into the physical form and all about sound healing. She was born in New Zealand and being mixed race, she's always had a love of nature, our earth and the connection we have. She had an interesting career working and supporting bereaved families as support services manager of the Sudden Infant Death Association and the National Center for Childhood Grief in NSW, Australia. She had a career change and worked in finance for a while, but it was her increasing clairvoyance that led her to study energy healing. Then she heard the sounds of the Tibetan bowl and that was it for her. She studied with RJ in Northern Thailand and did two gong courses while there. As her practice and experience grew, more spiritual energies came in to help. So while visiting in Canada to see her siblings, she found Scott Silverson and completed all of his courses for shamanic practice. She's done sound healing meditations in the Redwood Forest, at healers training weekends, offered powerful sound massage, and currently teaches others how to journey, meeting their power animals so they can receive messages and guidance from the nature world. She is grateful for the wonderful people in her healing orbit. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you've joined me. Go ahead and repeat your name for everyone in case. Narene Stevens. (laughs) Wonderful. And you have a website. Can you go ahead and share that really quick? So people
1: can find you straight out of the gates. www.soundandshamanism.com. Awesome.
0: So I touched a little bit on how you got into it, but can you tell us, explain to us a little bit more about your spiritual journey to what you're doing today?
1: Look, I think being mixed race, and I know a lot of indigenous people have the same abilities um, you know, there's always this, been this connection to spirit. So you, you go there first before you do anything else. So I think it expands your, your spiritual vision. You have the, the ability to see outside and further. One of the common things with indigenous people is the hierarchy system, where spirit and nature come first, human beings become second. So, you know, I was brought up in an environment where we always acknowledged our tupuna, who are our ancestors. We acknowledged Mother Earth, which is Papatuanuku, Father Sky, which is Rangi. And we had a very strong connection with the waters and the clouds. and, And that spiritual connection, it stays with you and it just expands your awareness to to your surroundings. So, you know, I was always brought up with it. Um, As I got older, you know, my own clairvoyance and and intuition started to strengthen. Um, And then over time, as I had more time to myself, once my sons had actually grown up and gone, um, I decided I was going to sort of develop that part of it. So I could could really have a have a strong, strong connection with nature and be able to bring in the messages and the guidance but also I mean living in the physical world you know I needed to balance that out because that's what manifesting our reality is all about
0: that's awesome that's great so the sound healing part of it can you discuss that a little bit in your journey into sound healing and how do you use that currently in your life and your practice
1: Yes. So, you know, sound healing, one of the things I really loved about sound healing was the science of it because it was biology. Every living thing is vibrating. It has to because it, it's drawing up food. It's, it's reacting to, you know, photosynthesis with the, with the sun and everything around. So everything's got a vibration. The earth has a natural vibration. That's why she's able to regenerate after fire and flood. She starts coming back to life Um, and it's that vibration in the body and that's what I really felt drawn to um, with the sound healing because that's what it does it it taps into the vibrations in your system or everything that's moving the meridian system you know where you've got your your energy going through that vein-like network Um, and so I and and it was able to with that with that I was able to reduce people's pain you know, it really made a difference to get rid of all of those blockages in their system. So, you know, I was really getting it. I just loved it. The whole thing just resonated with me. Uh, and the more I worked with people, the more effective I saw it. Um, you know, I worked with um, have worked with cancer patients, um, where my role was to actually prepare them for the treatment that they were going to have. So their body was operating it at, at the best at the maximum potential so that they could actually manage and absorb a lot of the, um, the the radiation that was going into them. So, But it was during that time that I was actually t- treating patients that I started to feel um, and actually see energies coming in to help. They were usually connected to my client, um, but they were coming in to sort of help me. So there, then I'm starting to think, okay, I've got this... Biology thing happening here with the sound and the vibration, but there's more. There's there's more to to be had with this. So that's when I started to think, okay. And shamanism was interesting for me because it was a real connection with nature spirits, to really be able to you know get the messages and receive guidance from from the natural world around you. So it was sort of like a natural progression,
0: and then it all just started to knit together for me. Nice. Can you go a little bit into that biology and sound? Sure. Yeah. That's science behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know,
1: as we know that our bodies are 80% water. So, and every water cell is created of, every water cell is made up of 30% water itself and the other 70% is a combination of what we're made of nitrogen and, and the carbons, everything that comes from the earth. So it works on this whole system where you've got this, this water flowing and it has it. water has memory. So it's carrying your DNA through your system in the cells. So as that's going through, when you are traumatized either physically or emotionally, you know, as we know, you sort of like go like this, you clench together, you bunch together and and make a smaller target for yourself. So that's what's happening inside your system. What's happening is that those water cells are actually clenching together and they're blocking your, your meridian system, which is the system that's taking through your energy, flowing it through your body in a yin and yang Process So it's going down through some of your organs and up through the other side. So what the vibration does, is actually breaks up all of those cells that have formed clusters, allows that self-healing energy to start flowing through. And the sound, actually, each bowl is connected to the sound of your chakras. So the sound gets your chakras operating in the right rhythm. If, for example, your heart chakra is operating too quickly, if your chakra is moving too fast, you're going to be highly sensitive, extremely emotional, um, needy, clingy. If it's then going too slow, you're going to find difficulty to communicate with other people, difficulty in, in, with compassion, you know, feeling the intimacy. So the sound gets to your chakras in the right rhythm and the vibration breaks up all of the cells sort of clustered and formed as blockages in it.
0: Oh, I love that. And I love how you're bringing in the um, Eastern mysticism of the chakras and the aura and everything. That's, I love, um, I love marrying science and um, ancient philosophies. I really do. And they all fit so nicely in a puzzle. And I think that more and more people are also doing this and bringing these, you know, like, and laying them over top of each other and showing where, you know, these really are, you know, things that we're functioning with and how can we use those today, right? And how can we heal ourselves in new ways, you know, by dipping into these aspects of our being that um, most are unaware of, right? Yes,
1: and you, you're right, it's a marriage, it's a partnership between it because you, you know yourself, I mean, when you're working in the spiritual world, once you've completed your work or completed your connection, you have to ground yourself. You ground yourself by walking on the earth, you put your feet back in there, you you you, you connect with the energy that's coming up through Papatuanuku, that's what you're doing. But I, like a lot of people, I mean, I don't want to go without my um, internet access or uh, the readily available electricity and water that I've got. Um, So we need to work out how we can have both, because we can have both. But we've just got into this mindset of an either or. It has to be this or this.
0: And we're forgetting that it all just functions together in a really beautiful pattern that's awesome how has um your work with the shamanism and with scott how has that really opened up your work for you oh well
1: first of all i mean on a personal level it's been incredibly it's empowering because you don't realize again you know how i'd said before about your body holds on to mm-hmm. the system to the yeah. trauma that's happened. it does so you know that, that as it's stuck in your DNA, and it can be passed from past influences in other lives or, you know, other earlier experiences, it moved me from looking at only a physical blockage to also realizing that there are spiritual blockages within the system, you know it was really powerful doing his courses and and I'll tell you it's not for the faint-hearted because there's there's this real you have to go deep into your soul and you have to experience everything in order for us to be able to relate to to clients self um, mm-hmm. and tremendous trauma has been brought up it's I think natural healing is a, a it's a progressive thing you know this is why people go for you know pharmaceuticals because they can feel better within 48 hours right whereas you know with with spiritual healing and with more natural healing your body has to adjust you're moving it internally you know a whole spiritual shift and so you know over time I would find that I was able to manage things differently or look at something differently and, and my mind would always go back to, okay, how am I going to keep an alignment with my true purpose? Now I know my, what my true purpose is, which, which I didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been an incredibly wonderful experience. I'm really grateful to Scott, actually, because it was the
0: final piece in, in my puzzle. Yeah. That's awesome. And you also spoke about that it opened you up you know, opened up your spiritual gifts. You want to chat about that a bit?
1: Well, because you start to get into the um, mindset and and the skills of actually learning to um, communicate to, to, well, for example, he, he, Scott says in one of his courses, now you need to go and merge with a tree. And I'm thinking, oh, all right, <laughs> I'll merge with a tree that's what you really want um and so what did it you know we did the cleansing and i went out and i hugged the tree and i moved and then i could start to feel i could start to feel the, the internal vibration of the tree and then i'd start to look at the, the the wind that was going through the leaves the rustling and the sound um and uh, my nanny my maori nanny actually was um brought up in the old ways and really didn't speak very good English at all, even when we knew her as children. And she would look at the lake and she'd see the different waves coming across the lake and she'd go, oh, we've got a message coming. You know. Or she'd look at the clouds over the mountains. She'd go, mm, it's got its hat on today so the weather's going to change. So there was already that looking, you know, that, that awareness and, and seeing that, you know, we can actually see so much more than we actually do
0: oh what a gift and what have you're working with your spirit um helpers um changed your life what has working with your spirit helpers how have they changed your life there's a relief that comes because to go you know,
1: Sometimes we would go to Scott and go, oh, we've got a problem. His first response was, have you journeyed on it? And go, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, you know, there's, a, there's this comfort. There's this comfort to go, I've got, an, I've got a problem. I, I'm going to go and speak to my tribal council or my particular healer. And the inspiration would drop in. You know, the ideas or the solutions would start to drop in. I actually do feel it quite um, strongly, what I call like downloads, you know, when you're downloading something on the computer um, mm-hmm. and I can actually yes. feel the heat coming in. Yeah, and I can feel it and I go, okay, there's a vibrational shift here. There's some, some sort of change. It's really made a tremendous difference to how I operate on a daily level and there's a comfort that comes with it. And there's a relief that comes with it, and, and an
0: awe every day. You go, Whoa, they really work! You know, <laughs> it's been fabulous. And uh, what do you call them? Are they guides? Are they angels, spirit helpers? Um, God, the all that yeah. is, you know, how are you yeah. feeling that that comes in for you?
1: Well, for me, I, I have a relationship with God, and I'm, I'm, I'm Christian, so that's, that's mm-hmm. what I call them. whatever Um, I have got my tribal people um, which is my tribal council so I will go and visit them I go to the upper world to visit the spiritual helpers and I go to the lower world to visit my animal helpers Um, so I've got a tribal council up there and I've got a spiritual helper that actually specifically when I want to do healing um, for clients so I'll go to him because we do like a, a body scan we can actually body scan them and, and see whether the irritations are and sort of we work like that. So that's what I refer. I've got my tribal council, my spiritual helpers, and then I've got God who's got my back.
0: Awesome. And then you said upper world and lower world. So for our listeners who aren't familiar, could you explain? Oh, so the, in shamanism, you
1: have a connection with nature so that's your animals your plants the wind because we've got the medicine wheel which has the four directions so um, in order to actually connect with your nature world then you will journey down into the nature world so it's a case of you know having the drumming which is actually gets you into that trance-like state and then you walk yourself down into the the nature world and uh, the first time you go down there These floods of animals that come to say hello and the colours are vibrant and, you know, it's just incredible what's down there. Um, And one of the familiar questions that we've all had is how do I know that, you know, this isn't just my imagination? How do I know that this is real? Um, And Scott's answer to that is if it's your imagination, everything will be perfect. That's the fantasy. Oh, I love that. When that's really happening to you, because, you know, you'd go down and you'd go, you come back and you'd feel like it wasn't a really good journey or you didn't get the messages and he's going, that's the difference. Fantasy versus reality. Um, so that's what you do. And you, you meet up with various animals over time. I found out that bear was my power animal. And I thought, oh, I've always loved salmon and I really love honey. So, you know, and I'm actually a bit like that. I hibernate and I tend to mm-hmm. keep away. So I do, you know, suggest to my clients that they read the biology of their power animal because they'll often find out dietary similarities or, you know, gestational similarities. So I think it's really important to sort of connect again on the physical world, which is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. bringing it up I from that natural world. And bringing it into the physical world so you you can sort of relate. Going to the upper world, same system, except you're going up. Those are your higher guides. They're the ones that actually start to do the spiritual work, mainly on behalf of other people. Um, It's beautiful. You really shouldn't be journeying for more than 15 minutes at a time. Um, And, you know, the more you journey just every day, it's, it becomes a really good habit and you just find that every day is a little bit easier to get through.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Lovely. All right. So let's dive into um, bringing spirit into physical form. And we were talking about that a little bit before we started the recording. So why don't you dive into that? Because it was wonderful.
1: So, you know, like I've said, you know, you have a connection with, with the earth. I mean, we have to because we're physical beings and, and we live there. And, you know, over time, you start to see the the different connections between it. Now, I actually was really fortunate. I met with a couple of um, Indigenous scientists that work here in Rotary, because we've got a scientific research centre here. Um, And I wanted to have a... Because I was meeting you, I just wanted to get a little bit of a different perspective because they were Indigenous and water scientists. And I said to them, you know, so... Do we do specific ceremonies for our land and water? Because I know that Aboriginals do with smoking ceremonies and the water healing, and um, you'll find that Indigenous um, Americans, the First Nationals, they do the same. They hold many prayer meetings over water and land. And I wasn't aware that we did any, but you know, we have very different. We have different iwi's, which are called t- tribes. Um, and we have some different processes. Anyway, I said to them, look, do we do anything in particular? And they went, no, but if we take a pebble from the beach, we have to replace it with something else because the world is connected. It is there for a reason. It's the mathematics. you know, It's the geometry of having things in alignment that are all placed for a specific purpose. Um, and Sylvia comes from a long line of earth scientists and Corey was a young scientist who'd been brought up in Australia but had that call, we had what's called Māori Tanga, and Māori Tanga is a spiritual calling, so a lot of us who have spent time overseas like I have, um, you start to get this calling across the waters, you know um, and it starts to bring you home, and that's what happened to this young man so, you know as I was thinking about it, I'm going. Yeah, you know, we've got the geometry there. We've got the mathematics there. Um, I'm aware that um, the First Nationals in your country. Yeah, you're you're in the USA. The First yes. Nationals. Yeah. What if? I'm not, I'm sorry, I get a little bit confused about what I'm supposed to call them. But anyway, the First Nationals of the United States so, and Canada. Do <laughs> um, they do. They they perform rain dances now. Everything to do with indigenous um, cultures in particular, is everything starts with spirit, everything. You have to connect with it. You connect with your tukunas, you, you say thank you to them for what you have, you thank them for being, you know, there for you. Um, you, you do this spiritual connection, but then you start putting it down into the earth. So, you know, the rain dances at the First Nationals did was incredible because everything in science came together. It was the physics. It was the physics. So they would do the stamping and that would bring in the vibration. It would start to break up some of the particles And as the particles start to break and drift off with the wind, they would collect and get larger. And then they'd start to move across the waters, and then it would start to get the the, the water, and it would start to go up to the clouds and, and all of that. How they knew to do that, that's the spiritual inspiration. But that's the connection. The connection is start with spirit, and then you bring it into the physical world, and the science makes it happen.
0: Gosh, that's beautiful. That's amazing. And how can we do that more in our daily life? Because I think it really is important um, moving forward that we do that, that we combine the two, that we remember that we are part of the planet, you know, and working, you know, not even, it's not even a symbiotic relationship. It is a, it's an all-inclusive relationship. We are part of, you know, the whole and the planet. So how do we, you know, bring that more fully, you know, into our everyday lives? You know, we're waking up and we're getting our kids ready for school and getting them off to school and we're working. And how do we weave this into our life to bring this in more fully into being? Well, with
1: with our land, like I talked about communal land, at the moment we're actually putting some of our communal land into what's called Papakayana, which is actually um, housing. Now, what I'm wanting to do is for us to start working with the ley lines, which is the energy lines underneath the earth's crust, um, and the wind direction and the sun direction, so that we know when we build these fotties, they're actually going to be facing the right direction, facing it to start the day with the sun, which is going to obviously warm up your home, but also for us starting the day with the sun is an acknowledgement that we've been given another new day. You know, and we thank God for the blessing that we had for another new day. Um, And I, so I'm thinking, mm -mm. first of all, with our everyday lives, you need to breathe. You need to breathe the air. You need to feel the sun you need to be aware that what you are walking on and what you are touching and what you are driving over and what what you are ignoring you know is real it's tangible you need it because you actually can't we can't survive without it not on not on this physical world mm-hmm. so you know i think for me it's just taking more notice it's it's looking at the wind a little bit more it's it's controlling the situation around me by by trying to be as passive as possible in our own world. Now, I know it's really busy. You know, I had three sons and I was working full time. And, you know, it's crazy because you're just on this momentum right. But there's got to be some time, one minute and one day when you're sitting at the traffic lights, check out the clouds. Have a look at the way they form. You don't have to know the... My dad was a pilot. We used to have to watch the the... Weather all the time and understand the clouds. You don't have to know; you just have to see and acknowledge it. And over time, it will gradually become a habit, and you'll start to feel the connection happening, and just be a bit more aware. That that's really what it is. I think you know we're just so blindly traveling along on this like you know this escalator of life, um, mm-hmm. and we're not seeing it and we're not smelling it. We've got all these senses for a reason. We need to hear the wind. We need to smell the earth. We need to walk on it. We can. We do that every day. We're just doing it blindly.
0: Yeah. Yep. So how do we bring that embodiment practice into every day? Can you give some examples on how we can um, start a spiritual practice for ourselves when we take those minutes, you know, and kind of tap in? What does that look like?
1: You know, it's, actually, it's a really interesting question because I've never thought of the process before I do. But I know that I open up my eyes in the morning and I get up and I put my coffee on and I open up my blinds and I look at the weather. You know, that's the start of my day. I look at the weather. Um, you know, I don't know if there's a specific thing we can do. I, I think there's just this being aware you know of seeing the colors of, of of you've got this beautiful plant behind you you know you've brought it in that's a way that's a way of
0: bringing the earth into you um
1: I really can't think of
0: anything else <laughs> and you said sitting um, in journey like 15 minutes you know to sit and journey and it sounds like that's a daily practice for you like, is it like your daily meditation practice, you know, like other cultures we have or oh sitting in oh prayer God. or, yeah.
1: It, it is. But like a lot of people, some, sometimes I just don't feel like it, you know. Right. Sometimes <laughs> it's because, you know, we, we have these visions of, you know, every morning I'm going to sit in nature and I'm going to play my drum and I'm going to start my day with community. And sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Know, (laughs) or other times I can just think I've got a specific question, I'll just duck down for two minutes and pop back up and go, Sweet, done it! You know, um, but it's definitely become over time a more regular practice for me because you know, like a lot of us, it's hard to be disciplined and continually do the same thing every day. I would love to do it. But that's when I'd like to be in a monastery, you know, with the monks or, you know, a <laughs> convent where there's no distractions. And that's the thing. There's an incredible amount of distraction with, you know, just in life in general and, you know, constantly, you know, media stuff all the time and, you know, this constant barrage of our senses. So I would say that yeah. really I think the most one of the most important things is to be still. You can't
0: listen if you're not still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to step away from the barrage of everything that's going on right now and get some peace and listen and just sit quietly, gosh, have a cup of tea or go sit out and look at the, look at nature outside your door, go for a walk or, you know, and those are all really easy ways yeah. to, to feel the connection to the planet and know that we are one with everything that's around us. Right. And that does give us an avenue to be able to, you know, tap into spirit for sure.
1: Yeah. But, like you say, it's, it's actually quite simple. I think what's happened is that we've got caught up in this whole, oh, you know, we have to sit and, you know, communicate and, and we have to do this and we have to do that. But, like you say, you know, you can sit there, have your coffee in the morning, just look out at a tree. There you've made a connection, you know, and it's just, you, you know, you know yourself and you don't need to talk. You just, oh, nice. It's nice. And that's it, nice, simple, easy ways. And it's there all the time when you're walking somewhere, you know, when you're walking past someone. Um, like I said, sitting in traffic is a brilliant way. I, I often look around all over the place and you, know, you see people walking and you see the trees moving and you notice the haze being cut there, you
0: know, it's, yeah, it, it is simple and beautiful. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. And, um, being able to bring these practices into with everything that's going on in um, society, that either or mentality, you know, that's going in on today, you know, to be able to tap into that spirit and, you know, kind of erase that polarity a little bit and realize that we are, you know, this one huge family on this one planet, you know, trying to function and weed through all the mess, right? So uh, you know, yeah. be able to tap into that, I think, is a really good thing, you know, these days. What do you think? I think it's
1: vital. I think it's vital. You know, we're often, we are often, we barraged all the time, you know, climate change, climate change. And, you know, we've got to save the planet. We've got to save the planet. It's completely the reverse. This planet can wipe us out in a nanosecond. This isn't about, it isn't about The Earth's survival, it's about us. It's about our survival on this planet. And I would like to see changes made, like, you know, we're constantly building cities, popping them up wherever. We're not looking at the environment that it's in. We're not working with the energy lines underneath the crust of the Earth. We're not working with the wind direction so that we can have natural ventilation, natural cooling. We're not working with anything. We're just like plonking stuff down wherever it seems to be, you know, suitable and cheap. Um, and that's not helping us as human beings because we, we're against the grid. You know, we, we're, we're getting up in the morning and instead of facing the sun in the morning, You know, we're we're facing a colder day. We're facing the gloom, you know, instead of being able to go to bed at night, knowing that, that the Northwest wind will come through and cool your house. We're not being able to do any of that. So, you know, we've got to make some basic and massive changes on how we live and where we
0: put our feet. I love that. Gosh, if people just put more thought into you know, the environment and what they were doing. Even um, now here on Bashon, I've got a friend, sometimes, you know, she works with clients who are, you know, getting ready to build and she goes in and she walks the land and she listens and she talks to the trees and lets them know what's going to be going on and, you know, sort of um, makes agreements and learns, you know, what the trees and the land would actually want, you know, in that relationship. That's going to be happening too, which I think is really beautiful to do.
1: I I think it's vital. You know, look, my my ancestors, so Maori culture kind of started from Hawaii, came down through Tahiti, some stopped along the way, um, and the final stop before New Zealand was Rarotonga for my iwi. Now, we had to build a waka, which is like a massive canoe, So the first thing they did was walk the forest and communicate with every tree to find out which tree was going to be able to do the journey because we had to carve this boat out of a tree. Now, you need to know that the tree is, first of all, that the tree is physically able to do it. And secondly, that the tree will spiritually be able to do it because our walkers had 300 people on it. So you've got the men on the outside of the waka, you've got the women on the inside, you've got the food, you've got the livestock, you've got everything there. We needed to make sure that this was going to be able to take the journey. That was the start. So again, you know we started with the with the spiritual connection. Then there was that physical connection with the with the with the right tree. Okay. Then the carving would start. And again, with the carving it was constantly asking for help, constantly asking for guidance, for protection, you know, to to be able to take us on this massive journey. Then before we actually even launched it, there was the blessing of it, the blessing of the walker, the blessing of the people, and away we'd go. But we also had to navigate that trip by the stars, which is the astronomy that we were talking about with science. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sailors bring science down into their world every time they had seas so we 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 had communicated with the tree it had agreed to come with us we created the vessel that we were able to to use and carry us over and we got here you know we got here that that's how it started it starts with communicating and that's exactly it you know she's right you walk at feng shui everybody's heard of feng shui Mm -hmm. it's the same principle working with the lines. So, you know, yeah, I mean, we're throwing all of these people into these environments that are not spiritually or physically good for them.
0: Wow. Talk about the ley lines a little more.
1: Hmm. So ley lines are energy lines, right? That, that go underneath the earth's crust. Now, they could be um, fissures in the earth, you know, where it's separated with the teutonic plates, um, undercurrents of springs, because this that's where the water comes, the water comes from from in, in the earth. Um, and so there's a feel for the earth. It's like I said, it's vibrating. So, you know, around those ley lines, there's a different vibration and different energy. Um Aboriginal culture, which I'm, I'm a real fan of Aboriginal culture, I think they're just amazing people, you know, walked the earth for thousands of years, never left a footprint ever. They follow what's called song lines. So, song lines are when they're traveling, they do a couple of things. First of all, their feet feel the vibrations you know they, they can pull up plus didgeridoos like didgeridoos are incredibly powerful they're very earth-based instruments didgeridoos mm-hmm. so you know they would be walking the earth and they would feel feel the difference in the earth the vibrations obviously again you know they've got all of their spiritual guides that are that are helping them and directing them and then they would sing and chant as they as they did the journey They'd sing about where they were. They'd sing about what they saw. Um, They'd sing about the journey or why they had gone left and not right. And so it was this encompassing journey of spirituality and and trusting the earth, but listening to it because they wanted to go where the water was. So, you know, there's, there's, there's this underlying vibration that's happening underneath the earth there is something that's called geostress I'm not sure whether you're, you're familiar with it um, but it's a stress where some people particularly people I think who are sort of like quite vibrational people when the earth itself is stressed it affects you physically and on a psychic level
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's, it's stressed and you're feeling it and you're drawing it up and so sometimes you know some days you can get out of Better, we'll start the day, and you just don't feel right. Part of that reason could be that, you know, the energy underneath that, that, is, that the earth is stressed, and you're actually merging and absorbing it. So it's very, very powerful what's happening underneath the earth's crust mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah, volcanoes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The earth does affect us, and, um, and the atmosphere, you know, affects us. Um, what's happening off the planet affects us, you know, with the sun and all the energy streaming down, yep. you know, from outer space, I guess I call it. <laughs> you know, with, it's planets, not a, yeah.
1: The, yeah, with those planets and there's a magnet, you know, a magnetism that goes because the speed, and, you know, and as we all know, the fastest something, that you get the G-forces. That's what's called, the G-forces that are happening. Mm-hmm. With the speed of these planets, now there's energy flying from that there's magnetism flying from that Um, you know and it's all coming in 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 our direction I mean we're lucky we've got that layer you know obviously yeah but um yeah we're affected by just about everything and I know you know It wasn't until I started to get um, more familiar with everything that I I would, you know, wake up, have a bad sleep, toss, turn, toss, turn. And then, you know, one of my healing friends would go, oh, well, you do know that it was a full moon and Mercury was in retrograde. Went went, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't know, but I obviously felt the effects of it. Uh, you know, so I've started Definitely. again. Come more aware of that, and and and, Maori culture. We actually work more with the lunar cycle, the moon cycle, oh, and I planting, love that. Yeah. yeah, and fishing. Um, and some some of the Tibetan bowls. Some of them are made under the energy of a full moon, or the sun. Oh, all the bowls have got, you know, heart bowls and wind bowls, and and they're all made to draw the specific energy from the earth because my Tibetan bowls are made of the seven metals, you know, which is silver. Silver represents the moon, you know, the gold in it represents the sun. You know, the copper represents Mars. You know, it's all connected. So we've got the the chakras and we've got the earth elements. We've got the the cosmic elements that are mixed in and we're we're in the middle of it in, in a beautiful little pillowcase.
0: I love that. Yes, we, we really are. And thank you for saying that cosmic elements. I don't know why that didn't pop into my head when I was saying, I'm like, I know that word is in there somewhere. (laughs) So thank you for saying it. (laughs) And it really is true. Gosh, I know I'm governed by the moon and by different things that go on. And I started to realize years ago, I'm like, Oh my gosh, my body. And then I realized my body was actually trying to catch up to the frequency of whatever was going on on the planet or in the cosmos. Right. So it's really fascinating. And I think yeah. the more people realize that you are affected and your body does need to catch up and acclimate sometimes, you know, the better off, you know, cause then you can kind of feed your soul and spirit and energy system, you know, physically, yeah. you know, while it is yeah, acclimating everything.
1: And yeah. when you are aware of it, a lot of the stuff makes sense, you know, and I think that's one of the other things that comes, it's, it's this, Oh, you know, the, Oh, and that's how it works moment, yeah. you know. When you realise that, yeah, you know, a full moon can really muck up your energy, you know. And that's when you start to go, yeah, this stuff is really happening. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. I would just like us to stop being so singular in the way we're doing things and the way we're looking at things. And, you know, we can take this from here and plant it in the earth and, you know, we can... Smell the wind from there and know
0: that a message is coming. You know, it's just just fabulous. It's a whole universe out there. So for the people listening who want to tap in a little bit deeper and have these connections, what would you recommend?
1: I think you need to start expanding your awareness. That's the first thing that needs to happen. So, you know, whatever area of your interest is, and we all try different things. I've been to yoga and I've tried Tai Chi and then I did the walking and then, you know, I tried the meditation. And, you know, I think you just got to keep on trying little bits. Look, it's like going to a tapas bar. You have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and you find the thing that really rings your bell. And that's how I look at it. So I would sort of suggest by saying, you know, things like, first of all, what do you like? I like plants, bring them indoors, surround yourself with them. You know, I, I like music, then, then have that music, find the resonance that's right for you. Um, but when we talk about frequency too, you know, we're talking about speed of sound waves. Okay, that, that's what frequency is. So when people say, you know, oh, yes, you know, I've got, I want to tune into the frequency of it, you're hearing it. It's this subliminal messages that are coming through. The sound waves are bringing and carrying it through to you. So I I think if you start to try something, um, whatever it may be, I mean, you've got the internet now, which is fabulous. I I think colour therapy is fabulous too. You know, colour and sound are very um, resonant because we've got rainbows and things. Start with something that you think might pique your interest. You will then be led on to wherever you want to go. It's not a case. I don't think of going. I decide to go there. It's a case of being guided to go there. But you have to start somewhere. So, however you choose to start that, they're going to start coming down, tapping you on the shoulder, and going, "Well, what? why don't you try a little bit of this?" You no, know, you'll go, "Oh." <laughs> And, and over time, every time you do that, you know, you're like a rolling, you're like a rock rolling, you're gathering moss. So you're just gathering a little bit more information, gathering a little bit of bit more experience. And that's how it is. It's it's a it's a learning curve of absorption, really. Yeah.
0: I love that. I like that visual. Is there anything that you would share, like to share with the audience that we haven't discussed yet?
1: Um Yeah, look, I read a really interesting um, article called Science and Spirituality, Two Sides of the Same Coin, and uh, it was fascinating because he talked about physical scientists and spiritual scientists, and he said that, you know, physical scientists are the ones that are looking outwards, you know, they've got to test the waters and look at the stars and, you know, look at the grass and they need to test the earth. Spiritual scientists look inwards. We're going internally to find some of the answers, you know, but we're still scientists. We're all doing exactly the same thing. And uh, there's a fabulous um, Aboriginal um, man called Clarence Wiles Jr. And he's a custodian of some of the, the land over in Western Australia, Western Australia or Victoria, um, And he said, look, we have rangers, but you still have to have a custodian. And that's the significant difference. What he was saying was, yes, we need a ranger to look at the earth, to make sure that things are clean and tidy, to make sure that we keep the rodents at bay, but you still have to have a custodian because the custodian is the holistic one. The custodian who also acknowledges the spirituality. The custodian is the one that's actually going to take the complete picture as opposed to just the range of the physical picture so I I think for me I found that really really profound I'm going yeah it is both we cannot have one without the other
0: no it is really true we can't have one without the other gosh thank you for sharing that do you have a little pearl of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today Sorry, do I have a A little pearl of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um,
1: I forgot to mention my sound healing ceremony. Can I put that in?
0: Yes, please. Please share with us the sound healing
1: ceremony. Yes. As we're talking about bringing spirituality down into the physical world, I um, had been working with a couple of didgeridoo players and another Tibetan bowl player when we did the meditation in the redwood forest to the trees right although we had 150 people come which was fabulous Uh, and I live on the lake edge I'm really fortunate and I was looking at at the lake and um, I started to think you know what I could get a whole lot of sound healing sound healers here and we can really pump the vibration into the water pump it into the earth around us Um, and then it started to come in as a vision you know I'd start to see it Um, And while I had that spiritual inspiration, then I needed to bring it into the physical world. So the first thing I did, I started talking to other sound healers. I'm going, listen, I've got this idea. What do you think? They go, oh, okay. Yeah, brilliant. So... Then I started to formulate how I was going to create it, you know, and and how we were going to do it and where we were going to place them and how we were going to advertise them and could we build a wellness festival around it and all of that. And I actually did put a submission through to our own tribal council here um, so that I could actually have permission to hold it. It's sort of been stalled quite a bit which is a bit disappointing Um, but I have already 100 of the top sound healers in the world and I'm talking about people who know how to hold a sacred space for an hour and I'm telling you it takes a tremendous amount of energy to draw from yourself draw from down there and pump everything out into the earth which is what we're doing you know um wow. and the authors and their musicians and their tutors and they're these fabulous people. And we want to be able to do this. I can actually feel it, you know. Um, so I would really like to get this up and running. I'm looking at, you know, where the world can go to Australia uh, and do it there. Um, but it's something that needs to be done because, you know, I think one of the advantages of sound healing is that because we have didgeridoos and gongs and bowls and flutes and drums, the human being can see it. It's tangible. I mean, we know that spirit works, but it's like the wind. You can't see the wind. You can only see the effects of the wind. And so spirituality is the same. So my objective is to get a sound healing ceremony up and running Um, if not in New Zealand then somewhere else because the healers I've got are coming from all over the world and we want to do this for ourselves as well you know ourselves we want to be able to have the opportunity to to get this up and running and give the earth and the area and the people just vibrations of love and healing so that's my objective
0: oh I love that and then anybody who would want, who listened to this, who would want to join in with you or contact you about it or know when it's happening, how could, how could they do that? Uh, I have a Facebook page, which is Sound and Shamanism, um,
1: and that's in New Zealand. If anyone, <laughs> I don't think there's anyone else called Sound and Shamanism. Um, and the website, um, they've got contact details for me. Um, so if someone would like to join it, or have some other ideas how we can sort of like really get this moving. I know the pandemic has, you know, made everything a little bit difficult, mm-hmm. but we need to move on. And I actually am starting to think now, because this dropped into my head three years ago, I'm starting to think it's because right now, I mean, the earth and the people need healing more than at any other time, I think. So oh, yeah. They yeah, can yeah, and we can move on from there and maybe start a whole new revolution. Who knows?
0: Yes. I love it. Yes. Let's do it.
1: Great. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, everybody I, join in. I expect to see you. I, to see you.
0: <laughs> I would I'm love happy. to. <laughs> it's been so great speaking with you. Thank you so much. I love everything that you've brought to today's show.
1: Oh, but this has been really wonderful for me. I was a bit, bit nervous, you know, getting out there, but having the opportunity in such a safe and beautiful environment. To share this because it's very personal, you know. As, as we know, you no, know, exposing yourself in a spiritual level. So, I'm, yes. I'm very, very grateful, and I really thank you. Thank you so much. It's oh, thank
0: you, and thank you as well. And go ahead and share your name, and your website, and your Facebook page again for our listeners. My
1: name is Narene Stevens. N G A R E N E Stevens with a V. And I've got www.soundandshamanism.com. I've got a Facebook page, also Sound and Shamanism. So if anybody would like to make contact with me, it would be a thrill,
0: an honour. I love that. Thank you so much. Oh, and I wish you thank the best you. really. And thank you everyone for joining me today. I'm your host, Liz Peterson, and this is raise the vibe with Liz. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at raise the vibe with Liz. And to contact me, my website, Liz's healing Thanks everybody for joining us and remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Have a great day, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.